Hello out there, my fumble friends. Adam's back. I can't believe we've come this far and we have still yet to name our group. I don't find it too shocking for me, though, as I find the naming part to be the hardest part of character creation. If the general concept of Lenara wasn't going to be my backup character for our last campaign, I know she'd even have a name by now. Heck, I've had my motorbike for six years and I still haven't named her. God forbid I ever have a child. Luckily, I have managed to name a backup character or two, so we'll be ready with whatever Justin and Jasper throw at us. Sometimes it sucks to have a week off during an encounter because it builds tension, but this time it let us figure out what the hell we're trying to do here. And we'll see what kind of deal we do finally make with Mr. Leafwood in episode 66 of What the Fumble. Take it or weave it. You know, something that's often overlooked in D&D, I think, is verbal combat. And what I mean is everybody likes actual combat. Everybody likes no, – there's a few things better than having a barbarian swing a uh, – do a reckless attack with a great sword. And rolling just, some D20s. And rolling D20s Fistful all over the place. full of damage dice feels good. Yeah, having the math rocks do the clickety-clack does make the serotonin go up. But there's something also to be said about, you know, verbal combat. Kind of like what we're doing with Mr. Leafwood here. The, 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 the subtle ways of, of, of maneuvering a conversation and, and leverage and. Mm. Oh, it, I thought you were about to pitch us just beating the shit out of him in the bar. <laughs> oh, that's, listen, if, if. But with words, shut up, you stupid bag of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there, there's something to be said for that. And I feel like there's even the conversation that I've heard before that, you know, Charisma checks and and persuasion checks and those kinds of things are one of the only checks in D&D that's almost done in reverse, where it's like you do your thing and then you roll the check, whereas, okay, if I want to go and do a strength check to push something, you know, it's like the check is done first and then the result is narrated. Charisma is one of those things where it's like it's almost it has to be done in reverse or the way it is in D&D. It's definitely how we usually do it, kind of, yeah. yeah, that's, that's for sure. Although, like, it would be kind of silly if they were like, hi, I would like to make a charisma-based check roll. I got a two. Okay, so I'm going to base what I say on that, too. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of how the rules are that, written, but not rules as intended, that's, maybe? That's kind of the fun, too, and especially if you're playing, like, a very charisma-based character. It's like, oh, I botched this. What do I say? But <laughs> I, I feel it's kind of like... uh yeah, it is a little retroactive, but like depending on how you role play, say you roll a twenty twenty five, how you, how you role play adjusts the DC kind of thing. Like if you roll a twenty five and go, oh, I rolled a twenty five, herp a derp, let's do this here. Justin's gonna be like, yeah, no, that's a DC forty, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but like Respect. if you have an amazing soliloquy and bring something up, you know. And you botch it and you roll like a seven. It's not, it's not like you're saying, you know, the herp a derp again or kicking him in the crotch. It's while you still had a good speech and it was impassioned. 
it just didn't happen to move that npc the dc went from 20 to 19 yeah but i mean there you go i suppose the alternative to that though is like once again i'm relating it to like a strength check like you're, you're not going to change the dc of a strength check because of how you're necessarily you know pushing it you know what i mean i mean if you use a crowbar Eh, maybe maybe there's some merit maybe there's some merit to the conversation i like the idea that it's like combat roles are more they're way more defined like the dice are hard to argue with in combat yeah but it's a little easier when you're rolling dice outside of combat i like to think of it more especially with things like like history checks and uh persuasion checks insight checks it's not necessarily just a pass or fail outside of combat. It can be more of a, well, with a 10 history, you know this and this. But with 15 history, you also know this. And if you hit that 20, I'll give you the whole fucking lore dump kind of thing. Yeah, that's, there's more degrees of success or failure. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit more, it's not as defined as in combat, which is fun on in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then that's, that's one of the, again, kind of to bring this full circle is why I like the roleplay aspects of this game so much is because of those different degrees of success and failure and how that shapes and impacts the rest of the campaign. It's something that I don't think any other game or any other style of game would do. Like, I feel like most tabletop RPGs like this would do it, but, you know, it's, it's very unique. And that's something that I think is very underrated for people when they're like nobody sits down with a character sheet and says i'm gonna build a guy that's really good at talking and nothing else like nobody does that you did i mean <laughs> like that's, that's every table thought. has one of those people <laughs> yeah <a> loser <laughs> hey listen he's he's got spells and stuff and he's just, it's... they're all you shit talking <laughs> he's good with a sickle or a hand axe like uh, a rapier now thank Once, you very much yeah, well yeah you haven't used it yet we haven't seen how that goes yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see <laughs> i mean the alternative miles is we can larp for the role uh, for the combat if you want and see how everybody's <laughs> sword fighting goes okay, there let's, let's, let's not get carried away <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh maybe find out if you guys choose combat i think we should get to it okay okay yeah. okay, okay okay i'm sorry this is really important oh i have my I... doubts <laughs> Lustra made a roll. Are the goggles he's wearing affecting it at all? We asked what they were like six episodes ago. Oh, right. And then we like sidetracked ourselves. I was listening back because I'm like, I'm sure he gave us a description. I'm just oh. like, we just don't. <laughs> and it was literally, okay, so we're going to um, short rest. Hey, guys, do you want to know what that does? And we're like, <laughs> yes, the goggles, they do nothing. And then we laughed and then we moved on. <laughs> Whoops. It was a goggles of one wish, and we wish they did nothing, apparently. <laughs> Maybe they're goggles of, like, m- make Jasper Leafwood forget the last five minutes. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys had no idea what the goggles were. That's hilarious. Uh, they're, at this point, you definitely would have been able to figure it out. They're goggles of night. Oh, there we go. Uh, do not require attunement. While wearing these dark lenses, you have dark vision out to a range of 60 feet. Hey! If you already have dark vision, wearing the goggles increases its range by 60 feet. Oh, I was going to, like, gag dibs it because I already had dark vision, but uh, also Lustro 100% gets those. Yeah, because I think I'm the only guy who doesn't have dark vision. And Van Richten. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But he already has his glasses. <laughs> I'll be fine. Last time you said that, you went down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> All right, so goggles a night. There we go, Colin. So, in addition to giving dark vision, they also let you see through lies and the the darkness in one's words, right? If anything, it says they're dark lenses, so it probably gives them a negative modifier on that insight check. You can't see shit. You're wearing these <laughs> blacked-out goggles trying to read this guy. I wear my sunglasses at night, okay? Oh, no, he's like a poker player, and he's just like got those mirror shades, and he's just like... So, oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's Colin what they bluff, that's yo. what they do. They're not going to affect your Jasper Leafwood interaction too much, I don't think. Uh, but those going to Lustra sounds like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not attuned. <laughs> that's hilarious. Did you say six episodes? My God. I oh, think goodness. so, yeah. Whoops. You were like, I mean, we've, we got them in the, did we get them in the, no, we got them right after the Gromishkas. That was like episode yep. 52 or something. I'm not sure. Or, I, I it, was, it was so long many. ago. That was before the shambling mound oh yeah oh it sure was wasn't it maybe they're lost in the swamp (laughs) oh well you guys want to do this thing yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. let's do this thing play a little bit of dnd you guys are in the cosmopolis club the gentleman's club in the rich folk section of martira bay this jasper leafwood fella with his big old 10-gallon hat, <laughs> looking like a Texas oil man. He has just finished essentially threatening you into doing something for him. He wants to buy the Underjack Cheese Factory in Rivulis, but the Wiggle Bricks won't sell. So he wants you guys to go down there and rough up some halflings, convince them to sell their factory. Unfortunately, though, Jasper Leafwood is a fairly intelligent man and kind of saw through your deceptions. He's figured out that he's sitting across from the great Dr. Rudolph Van Richten, and he knows that the Cargatane, the Cargat, the Baron Medus, they're all actively looking for Van Richten. So he's decided to try and take advantage of that situation. We left off with him saying that if you don't help him, he's just going to go find Baron Medus himself and let him know where Van Richten's at, where you guys are at. And we ended with Lucer about to do an insight check to see just how much truth there is behind that, right? You were kind of, you want to know if he's telling the truth about blowing the whistle on you guys, I think is how you put it. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm challenging the bluff. Is he bluffing about that? So I guess we start off with the old looser insight check. All right, let's see what we got. And that's an 18. Ooh. An 18. So you're sitting there, looser, in this smoky cigar room, that smell of whiskey in the air, a lot of intricate wood paneling all around you, you know? And you're sitting there listening to this conversation as it goes down, and you get a pretty good read on the guy. While he is for sure a very wealthy businessman, and you don't doubt his power at all, you're sitting there listening and kind of put together that Jasper Leafwood is, like I said, a businessman, 
And it sounds like he's invested a lot of money. And for those investments to pay off, this whole thing with the shroud moving in and fractioning dark on it kind of needs to stop. And honestly, this guy's best bet for doing that is sort of like you guys, essentially, and Van Richten. He also seems like the kind of guy who's smart enough to realize that, though. So you're not really convinced that he would blow the whistle, at least not based on your interactions with him so far. But you also get the feeling that he's telling the truth about being capable of blowing the whistle, I guess. like you, This guy definitely has connections. And if he wanted to contact any of those people looking for Van Richten, he probably could. But you're definitely doubting his willingness to do that right now. So now what? We left off with him pretty much threatening you guys. So what do you guys say now? Lenara has maintained the same comfortable position the entire time. Uh, Him feeling some people are not comfortable there uh, doesn't apply to her. She's, this is the like noble court drama that she prefers to watch uh, than be involved in, but it's still good. So she will take a confident stance and lean forward. She'll go, now I told you, Jasper, all I wanted was information. And you have been very generous telling us a few things up front without us having to give you a single thing. We know that uh, some of your supplies, and she'll wiggle uh, the fingers that happen to have empty ring sockets or jewel sockets, might have dwindled uh, before. And I get the feeling, well, first of all, if... You want to rat us out to Baron Midas, I'm pretty sure he knows exactly where uh, Van Richten is at all times. He seems like a a sharp fella there. So really, that threat rings a little hollow to me. And I get the feeling that we might be your best bet to keep things rolling. Don't you agree, Salash? I would have to agree. It would seem that we can drop the pretenses, Mr. Leafwood. You're an intelligent man. You know that we are certainly worth more than what our demure fancy top hats might imply. You're also a man of business, and I think there's something we can go into business with, and it certainly doesn't involve any underjack cheese factories, among others. Slash will uh, do a quick minor illusion and put like diamonds on that diamond ring of his where they should be. I think that if you want to make that ring sparkle as you see, as my compatriot Lunaro suggests, we are certainly going to be your best bet for that, and we have a common goal. We certainly don't need to be friends, Mr. Leafwood. I don't pretend to be your friend, but things go deeper than trust. Things like self-interest. A mutual interest, for that matter. And we both have a mutual interest in making sure that Darkon is no longer fractured. So, to that end, Baramidus is one of the few things that is presently an obstacle. If it was something that was important to you, what's stopping you from going to get Baramidus this moment and say, I have Van Richten here, and we can certainly give him up, and you would be nothing but the hero to Mr. Midas. But you won't, because that isn't beneficial to either you or us. Work with us, Mr. Leafwood. 
I think it is in your best interest to do so. And as he does that, he'll drop the spell on the on the rings, and the diamonds fade away. I like it. I like it a lot. Give me uh, persuasion with some advantage. Hell yeah. Um, 22. He kind of puts up his hands in defense. You can tell you kind of, you got to him a little bit, but a very warm, inviting smile comes across his face. He's like, well, now, now, I was only feeling you folks out. Maybe you're right. Maybe we can help each other. But I barely know you folks, and what you're asking of me is, well, it could get old Jasper into some trouble, you see. Kind of anger the wrong folks, perhaps. Never good for business. Surely you'd be willing to do a little something to show your commitment to our new business arrangement? Hmm. As long as it's not beating up halflings. Gnomes, maybe, but halflings, now. Kind of waves his hands in front of him. No, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Just uh, another business here in Martira Bay that I'd like to get my hands into. Is it yawning at ease? <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a merchant having a meteoric rise. <laughs> Exponential growth. And I want to invest. Had five patrons. That's a 500% increase. <laughs> I want some information this time, that's all. Information on a fella named Varth Stonesnout. He's in charge of the Weaver's Guild. Has quite a few mills in the North District. I've been in the manufacturing distribution businesses for quite some time now, and I know when something ain't quite right. I tried making Stonesnout offers in the past to buy some of his mills, but he never took any of them, and I made offers that any sane man would have taken. I also know what kind of profit margins he should be making, and honestly, it shouldn't be nearly as much as he seems to be. I don't know if he's stealing materials or what he's doing, but there's something shady going on with his business. I want to know what it is. Get me some dirt on Voss Stone Snout. The kind of thing that I can use against him to force him to sell to me. Do that? Old Jasper Leafwood will tell you everything he knows about this Baron Medus. Might even know a couple other things. You get the job done fast enough. Okay. Tess is like... Like, there's smoke pouring out her ears, and she's just, like, looking from Jasper Leafwood to the two of you, uh, the our charismatic <laughs> vocal cords, um, and she's just like, did we just... What just happened there? It feels... What? We negotiated and won. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Slash will get a piece of paper... Write the number three on it and slide it to Tess. <laughs> <laughs> you saucy bitch. 
Oh, man. Uh, so Lash will look over to Lenara. I would think that you're possibly the more agreeable to the group in terms of our current dynamics. Do you think these terms agreeable? I think it's a a fair deal for both parties. Slash looks back to to Jasper Leafwood. Then I think we can do business. Oh, very good, then. Perhaps we could give each other a small... She, like, squints at Lenara. A down payment in good faith? Slash quickly scribbles a zero on a piece of paper and slides it over. <laughs> like, like a little trade, he give us a tidbit of information and just to know that he actually knows what he says. Maybe, maybe we know some things already, and he can confirm them. Maybe we know some things that he was already wondering about, pertaining to some sort of uh, person's ownership of land. Collateral, I think, is the term. I mean, we could also just leave right now and head out to the Weaver's Guild. I am... Uh, Tess sort of, like, wants to, like, sort of glance at Jasper Leafwood, see if that's piqued his interest at all, or if it's more of just, like, this is just a test. He seems pretty open to it. He has an interested look on his face. So if you're looking for information to be confirmed, just tell me what you know. Give you a quick yes or no, sure enough. Tess is going to pocket that zero from Salash. I I earned that. (laughs) (laughs) Be very curious to know what you think. You know that I don't. Well, I mean, if we had already by happenstance taken some initiative into looking into Voth's stone snout, maybe we have some... uh, a bit of leverage over him already, or at least a little bit of knowledge that might not be commonplace. I'm listening. Uh, Tess is like, if, if anyone's just like doing the like, nope, nope, don't do it, don't do it I, thing, she'll stop. But um, I don't, we don't, out of character, we don't have anything on him, do no, we? No, oh, no, 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 no. But um, Voth Stone Snouts, uh, all of the stuff out of city, like the Weaver's Guild shit, it's been abandoned and yeah. ransacked. Yeah, but they have stuff inside, too, so that that's a good thing for us to... Uh-huh. Oh, you're saying... The, but Voth Stone's note, his supply, his production, is non-existent yeah. right now. So so you're saying that it's, Jasper it's, doesn't know that. Slash will interject. I think what my compatriot is trying to inform us of is wondering about the authenticity of the information you wish to provide. So something that we may know that... I want to see how far your network goes. You explain that you are familiar with the books and the economic turn of, of Mr. Stone Snout, that he should be turning a profit. Surely somebody who has reviewed these books and their supply would be familiar with the infrastructure involved. Do you know the current state of what is going on in the Weaver's Guild outside of these walls of the city? Because I certainly do. So, uh, you're referring to the fact that the farms are abandoned, I'm sure. They've been like that for a while. Only reinforces my belief that he's doing something fishy. He shouldn't be making any money. But he seems to be. 
Indeed. You've certainly confirmed that you certainly have a reach outside of these walls. Those farms seem to have been abandoned and subsequently inhabited by creatures known as Gramishkas. Something to do with magic, clearly, or certainly attracted to such. Makes me wonder what kind of magical powers might be involved in such farms that are clearly meant for wheat, among others. Couldn't tell you myself. All I know is they've been abandoned for a while. You want the rights so you can unabandon them and make way more coin, do you? Or blackmail material. Either way, he gains. Yeah, I wouldn't mind the rights to a few farms if you got the deeds. You willing to pay? Something to consider when we return. Perhaps so. And we've offered you something. Maybe you could answer a question of mine. You don't have to. It's completely up to you. For someone who is has a lot of money to burn, it looks like, it seems like a certain part of your wealth has found another place to go. I know it was foolish to bring up diamonds, but it seems that you find yourself lacking. What are you doing with them? Uh, give me a persuasion check. Fuck. <laughs> Why do I have to be curious? <laughs> 17. You know, I have something sort of like you folks. I was simply offloading some diamonds, uh... I'm assuming you heard tell somehow that I was buying up a whole bunch of them from the Bottleborn Diamond Company. Sure enough, I was. Cornered the market, I guess you could say. Resold. Made a killing. Is he telling the whole... Is he not telling us something about that? Insight check. Thank you. 18. Mm. Pretty confident that, yeah, I mean, he's... A businessman doing business things? Yeah, Keep, Keep, keeping the other side of the business arrangement in uh, in the shadows, I guess. Perfect. Fair. Means he'll do it for us. All right, All well, right. let's polish off a bottle of whatever's on that top shelf then and uh, head toward the Weaver's Guild? It's mostly, yeah, it's all like dwarven... Ale and whiskeys here. Pretty much the stuff that they, they've bought stuff from the Bottleborns. So they've got all that good stuff here. Wow, it reminds me of the walls in that room that, oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, yeah, he buys all of you. So drinks on the house for the rest of your stay. I'll get out of your hair, though. I'm sure you got a lot of planning to do. I should be around the same same spot whenever you need to find me again. If I'm not here, just tell Marlene you're looking for me. Slash will raise a glass to mutual interests. Lenara will join that cheers. Yeah, he raises his and downs the shot of whiskey that he had in the glass. He tips his big-ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> And nods at uh, Van Richten. He's like, Doctor. And Van Richten gives him a bit of a stare down, but also nods. It's a pleasure doing business, Mr. Leafwood. 
And with that, Jasper Leaf would wax away from the table. All right. We're not going to be snitched on, and we don't have to <laughs> beat up Amelia's, what was that, nephew? <laughs> oh, I don't mind doing shady things, but not to people we know. Three more, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Tess will just, like, sidle up to Lustra. That was way more stressful than fighting to, for my life. I'm just throwing that out there. Lustra just has a thousand-yard stare. <laughs> Uh, Slash, I'll look over to Van Richten. Doctor, do you recognize any of the faces in this club? Any potential people that might, aside from Mr. Leafwood, snitch on us? No, I'm afraid not. I never really fancied clubs and that sort of thing. Not quite my scene in here. Slash nods in, in a little bit of comfort. Looks to Lenara. It would seem we have much in common when it comes to the the art of negotiation. I certainly hope that we can continue this this kind of escapade further. He'll again raise a glass to you and clink your glass. Cheers. Yes, well done to you all. Tess would like look disappointedly at like the calluses on her knuckles <laughs> and just like slump a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lustra with his legs crossed, like, you know, ankle up on his knees, just sitting there putting his hand across the inscription on his boot and be like, wish you were here. <laughs> <laughs> happy place. This is my happy place. This is my happy place. One of the buttons on his tuxedo just awkwardly pops <laughs> off and is like pinging across the room. <laughs> Lands in someone's glass. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the next step? What are we thinking? We just woke up, so I'd say go straight there. We can probably have a little bit of an in knowing that not only did we investigate what's going on at the Weaver's Guild Farms, we cleared out one of them at least. Also, um, you've done it once before. You made yourself look like the employee, at least we're assuming it's an employee of the Weaver's Guild. It might have been a squatter, but I, what are the odds? Yeah. So there's a chance that uh, we could have it in that way. And if you, you were like, if there was anyone watching the entryway, like that person was seen entering the city. So Ooh, yeah. like, if we want a little extra something, something, if it's, if it was a squatter, that's not much, but then that's as much as we have already. Oh, exactly. Still something in the back pocket. Let's, uh, yeah. So I feel like the the current current idea is that we just go to the Weaver's Guild and snoop around there. Um, before we go there, so we don't have a repeat of us walking into a fancy club with zero backstory. <laughs> um, what what brings us to the Weaver's Guild? I guess to just to. Tell them exactly what happened. Hey, we happened to stumble by one of your farms. We just wanted to get out of the elements, and there was a bunch of angry cats with uh, toothpicks for teeth that killed all your people. Alternatively, they're the best place to get a button fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, Lustra. Yep. Uh, but to that end, you know, it's also like like if we want to do right by the current business arrangement, we have to find out the dirt on the Weaver's Guild. So I feel like us just dropping by, hey, farm's fucked, you know, bye. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's we need an in. Like, we need something we to... We can offer our help, see if anybody important wants to ask us any questions, see if they want us to maybe check out some of the other farms, clear those out. We could simply act as sellswords. 
There you go. See, see, this is why I like you, David. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, See, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I feel like us going there, posing as sellswords or something of that nature, and then that way it gives us an in and a reason to come back again. You know what I mean? Uh, And and talk to somebody higher up. Because I feel like us just saying, hey, farm's fucked, doesn't give us any reason to get any... Any opportunity to get more dirt, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like that idea. Like, if we scoped out... Like, there's there's got to be something they're making money from that isn't weaving. And so, if we're just like, hey, let's... what wanna Want us to help with your weaving business? They'll tell us to weave it alone? <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, sell swords. We're going. Let's do this. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have inspiration? I don't. <laughs> you sure do now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. um, on the way out, uh, Lennar just stops and has a little thought and a little bit of a smile. Uh, if Jasper's still in the middle of things. Marlene, is she the bartender? She is. Uh, well, she'll go to Marlene and she'll go, if uh, Jasper needs to leave us a message, have him... Um, you know, leave it under the name of the Charmers for now. She'll wander off. Popped in my head this week. It might be, you know, a working title, but Miles and I play charisma-based characters. Lustra has a bunch of uh, charms and bits and bobs of jewelry on himself. Tess. Tess loves to wear cursed necklaces, so charms for everybody. Not bad. See, not I bad. still vote that we give a different name to everyone we come across. Still works. Listen, we, if we get to the dockyard ever again, we are not being called the Magical Guppies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a great idea. <laughs> okay. I think it's uh, off to the Weaver's Guild then. In the Northern District. Yay, Notes. Yay. Look at the map today. Good job, Notes. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, notes. I just gave you inspiration. You can stop mm-hmm. fishing. You've got it. <laughs> to the North District we go? Yes. Very, very good. Still dressed to the nines. Oh, um, I know he's really cool and your mentor and, like, we like him. Do we maybe not want to parade Van Richten around when we're doing nefarious shit? I mean, that's not the worst idea. Would he? But would he be safe anywhere? Does he have a little spot he can just... Would you be safe anywhere? Do you have a little spot that you could just... <laughs> Sir? Or do I suppose you... we part ways? Yes. Or... No. Or I mean, like... Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye forever. Um, or, like... I don't know. Like, you're... Van Richten walking around as Van Richten in a tailcoat... I mean, we went around with disguises for a little bit. It didn't really go very well, but... You're right. A little bit of disguise would perhaps be in our best interest. I It has been some time since I've really returned to Darkon and, and hit the streets, as it were. So I thought perhaps simply the fact that I had aged so much would conceal who I am, but clearly it doesn't. You're looking good, sir. I do thank you, but perhaps we've got some... You know what I could really go for is a nice trilby or something like that. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Oh no! Lenara starts going to the bag of holding, and just no. What were you thinking? Just don't attune to it. It was just a thought. You don't have to keep teasing me. I no, in honesty, it would be a very good idea. I agree. I'm also not kidding about the trilby thing. I think I look fantastic in one. You know what? I think one would suit you. Lenara! All right. Careful. I hope you still have removed curse. <laughs> I'll pull out the badass trilby. <laughs> the minus five charisma trilby? Yeah. Like, oh, no, not that one. No. <laughs> no one will recognize you. Goodness, no. Oh, my. All right, I suppose. If I put that on, I have five charisma. Oh, good Lord. Jeez. We'll, we'll get him a trilby that doesn't suck any more life out of anybody. Well, I mean, we're going to Garmit's places anyway. We'll pick one up on the way. Maybe? More shopping. Makeover part two. Do you guys have an idea of what you... How do we want Van Richten to, to dress up? We can totally say there's just a clothes vendor right across the street. I'm all right, cool, cool. Walk well, out the door and they're like, hey! Yes! Yeah. Everyone needs top hats to get into the club. There it's we like, we've cornered the market. Top hats, trail bees, anything you want. A haberdashery? <laughs> um, I feel like if we're going to be going as quote unquote sell swords, we kind of have to look the part. Um, you have any Air Jordans? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, I almost feel like if we went dressed, you know, like we're the cell swords kind of thing, and then Van Richten is almost like our our manager, if that's a thing, like uh, the guy who who arranges for the contracts, how they would look that way. You know what I mean? Our fixer, something like that. Your agent, uh, agent, like our it. handler, our <laughs> handler, <laughs> our pimp. No. <laughs> Let's dress him as a pimp. He's already got the cane. Oh, God. Ooh, let's make him really flashy. That'll help. Yeah. Yeah. Make him super flashy. No one will ever notice him. Like, Lucifer's passed without a trace. Just like, it looks so, it's such a loud look. No one actually looks directly at him. Oh, maybe that's what's going on. A pimp named Van Richten. <laughs> nope. Moving on. Uh, I mean, I'd say we dress him up as like a. Yeah, no, like business businessman, like Silver Fox, George Clooney. Yeah, and his product is you guys. Yeah, maybe. Uh, let's not dress him up as that good a businessman then. <laughs> you know, definitely a dress down, <laughs> not business business casual. I like it. Yeah, I like it. He's gonna like comb his hair back, like slick it back, button all the buttons on his his coat and you get a is like have some makeup maybe draw a fake mustache that kind of thing <laughs> there you go well, i mean he hasn't shaved in a while we could probably do a little trim get an get a real pencil stash almost there we go make him look like vincent price <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm down <laughs> jesus it's fantastic uh, so with Vincent Price in tow, <laughs> off to the North District? I would say. All you know the rest of say. you disguising Everybody, yourselves? Everybody's got a price. That I'm <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, Slash is going to get out of his uh, fancy attire and wear something a bit more, a bit more roguish. Like he's, he's almost like a, like a sailor kind of thing, like a swashbuckler and... The kind of guy that looks sneaky, you know what I mean? Like, intentionally sneaky. Sure. 
go from tuxedo to basically just your your adventuring gear, really. Uh, functionally, right? yeah, yeah. Tuxedo to bandito. Nice. <laughs> nice. There you go. Every, like, six tries, I get one. <laughs> to the North District we go. Tess is reluctant to take off her fancy clothes. Lustra is going to rip them off as soon as he can and go back to his regular clothes. <laughs> oh, and you're green, so you're like full-on Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the clothes like on the floor of the club even. Don't even make it out the door. Yeah, There's a stuffy, puffy white shirt. Oh, my God. Just like throw it on wiggles like a coat rack. <laughs> Keep it. Now you fancy. <laughs> well, Lenar is still going to wear fancy stuff. So if Tess wants to join in, we can look super pretty. True. Yay! Well, the neighborhood you end up traveling to has a fairly deserted feel to it, even at this time of day. We're still pretty fresh in the day, and feels like really hardly anyone's around. Streets here are just lined with these long, windowless buildings. And the only traffic here is the very occasional wagon carrying crates uh, to or from the Dock District. The North District is home predominantly to warehouses that belong to the numerous merchants doing business in Martira Bay. This is where they hold their crap. <laughs> We're in the right place, boys. You've described Burnside so well. <laughs> oh, boy. We love you, Burnside. Every city's got a Burnside. <laughs> I'm just going to roll a d20 before we go any further. Cool. Just to see how hard we succeed, right? How good we look walking down the street. The moment you yes, enter <laughs> this district, me, everybody give me a perception check. Nope. Slash got a 15. Oof. 11. 12. 25. 12. Fuck five. you. Natural 20. <laughs> Hell yeah. As you are walking down the streets with your party in tow, Lustra, your dragonborn senses kind of kick in and you hear like the pattering of footsteps above you, maybe some running on top of the roofs. Uh, for a moment, you see maybe like a coattail disappear behind the corner into an alley. There's people around trying to keep themselves hidden. What do you do? I'm going to get my hand on my bow and just let everyone else know. Eyes up. We're being watched and followed. Do any of you do anything immediately? Now, I'm going to take the dodge action, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, start, like, Dark Souls rolling through the street. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, Slash will instinctively look for, like, an alleyway or something to get out of the open. What's what's the immediate surroundings? Yeah, like? there's an alleyway, like, no more than 15 feet away from you. It costs you, like, 15 feet of movement, which is nothing to just kind of run over there and yep. yeah, duck behind a different alley. Yeah, Slash sort of, you know gestures to Lenara, Lustra, and the gang, and sort of, you know, makes eyes towards the alley to see if everybody wants to come with. He's going to make a motion for it to see if people want to follow through. Let's go. Lenara's yeah. <laughs> running towards the alley as well. Subtle cast mage armor. Tess, you, and you also cast mage armor? Yeah. Yep. Tess, uh, in the immediate moment, do anything? Tess will make sure that she is, like, the last person out of the 
like out of the streets. If we're all leaving the street, she wants to be the person in the way of anything coming at us. Okay. I um, like it. And so, she's going to sort of just pull the dress to the side and just like put her hand on the handle of the bone saw. She has like gartered like right up against her thigh. I like it. So Lustra hears some running, senses that there's someone around, immediately kind of stops in his tracks. Slash and Lenara take off towards the alley. Tess is kind of guarding them, mm-hmm. which is when three females all kind of like emerge from the alleys. One uh, lands after jumping off a rooftop and like doing a flip, like lands in the streets. Hell yeah. In like a hero stance, you know, the superhero stance. Uh, full Black Widow. <laughs> Absolutely. Two of them come running out of alleys. There's three of them in total. They're wearing these poofy yellow pants (laughs) and like wooden sandals have all these sashes wrapped around their torsos. They look like they're wearing monk robes, essentially. They all look very similar. They all have red hair. Uh, in the exact same style, like it's tied back in the exact same way. Pretty sure they're not like triplets, but they're very much trying to like all dress the same kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Come from the same dojo. Absolutely came from the same dojo. They line up, all three of them, right next to each other and take like a crouching stance and say, we're the magical guppies. <laughs> we're here to kick your ass. <laughs> and another one chimes in. Like, yeah, the magical guppies going to fuck you up. <laughs> and then they all do this synchronized martial arts display that ends with them all standing in a fighting stance, and we're going to roll some initiative against the coolest... <laughs> <laughs> named group <laughs> in the history of D&D. Hey, Miles, he took your Sentai idea, too. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. Forget, forget what they're going to punch. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love me a nice random encounter. It's been a while. I never rolled the number I'm looking for, it seems. But I got it. I got it. Back to the drawing board for group names. <laughs> <laughs> we can take it from them when they're dead. Ooh. Ooh. We just adopt the name of the last group we killed. Krebs, <laughs> <laughs> I went from rolling a nat 20 to a nat 1. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, on, on initiative, that's the roll to do it on, though. A nat 1 from Lustra, huh? Mm-hmm. Slash, how'd you do? Uh, 17. Tess, what'd you get? 19. Adam? Six. Lenara coming in with a six. She's just mouth agape at what the hell's going on. I mean, I'm at a three when you include my dex mod, so. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Magical guppies. <laughs> Attack. All three Why? say that at the exact same time. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. It's the power of violence. Let's hit some battle music. Everyone's in the order. Okay. There's Let's a do quick this. synchronized flurry of fists through the air. Magical guppies. 
in three unified voices. Tess, you're the first to act quick on your feet today. Oh, yeah, because she sees this and she is livid. You stole my entire aesthetic and idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Um, and she just like sprints <laughs> towards the first one and just like with it cuts that catchphrasey tongue out of your mouth, like grabs her lower jaw and just like slices the bone saw in front of it to the uh, the person the rightmost the magical right guppy 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 number three. Oh yeah, guppy number three. Here's. A natural 20. Oh, dear. No. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm imagining like a baseball bat swing with this thing. Just, just. (laughs) She's so pissed about stealing her whole thing. You stole it. You stole it all. It's like oh, what? T- you have a tragic backstory too, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> it's like when two girls show up to the same party wearing the same thing. Same it's like you take it off. <laughs> well, one of us is going to have to change, and you're about to have a lot of stains on your dress. Show me that nat twenty damage. Okay, roll high. That's fine. Uh, Sixteen. 16 points of slashing, huh? 16 points of slashing, but I... You forgot how I am dressed. I am dressed so good, you might even say I look stunning strike. Oh, no. Constitution save DC 14 for me, please. You bitch. (laughs) Yeah, try saying that through a mouthful of blood. 18 on the con save. Balls. You know what? Fuck it. How's that work? It just nothing happens when it costs you a key point to try. Is that right? So one key point down. I have so many of these. Uh, yeah. She calls me a bitch. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take the high road. The high road? No, I'm not. I'm going to murder you. Uh... (laughs) 29 to hit. Jesus. Holy fuck. <laughs> I love how much Colin loves his bone saw. I, you're gonna you're gonna take it from me, or it's gonna betray me, it's gonna be awful. Nine more damage. Nine more points. Not too bad. Twenty-five points of damage from Tess. Yeah, give me another con save, though. Oh, no, doing it again? <laughs> I'm going to strike so many poses. Oh, You're not the only one who can man. pose. Con again. 14. Balls. It's fine. It's fine. Um, You know what? You didn't need to be stunned anyway because... Unarmed strike, the like, high kick to the temple. Balls. Um, 16 to hit. 16 is a hit. Hey! <laughs> Why am I rolling d8s? This is a d6, because it's my leg. Okay, uh, another six damage. Hey, not too bad. That's all to the one on the far right. Yep, yep. You can't stun a magical guppy. Oh, we're too stunning. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they even took your jokes. No! <laughs> Oh, I'm really sorry about that. This <laughs> is gonna grind her teeth. I'm very embarrassed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end my turn there. Slash. You know, uh, Slash seeing the the absolute you know unpenitent rage of Tess running out there. Uh, he's gonna peek his head around the corner, see the three of them hearing terms of magical guppies among others. He squints, and he just goes, "Hey, you're." small fish in a small pond and we are going to fucking eat you and he's going to go ahead and cast Bane uh, Bane also affects up to three creatures I can see and uh. look at how many there are <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a DC 15 um, charisma save uh, yeah DC 15 charisma save I don't know they look pretty pretty fly okay I'm going to start far left Magical Guppy number one. 18. Damn it. Magical Guppy number two. 17. Damn it. Magical Guppy number three. 14. Hey! That, that one's Bane. That one's Bane. The one that one's Bane. Kicking the shit out of. The one that's basically dead. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after doing that, um, he's going to scream out to, uh, to Tess. This is more of a, a 10 for you, I think. And he's going to... Uh, Dart back. <laughs> Dart back out of here. <laughs> you even stole my antagonized by a snake boy thing? <laughs> I'm gonna rip out your heart! <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna be it for Slash. Uh, slash ducks towards the alley. Didn't quite accomplish what you wanted, but you still got one of them baned, and now she's really doubting herself. She's looking at the others, and she's like, wait a minute. Is it got to be a small fish? <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Why didn't we pick sharks or something? <laughs> Guppies? Yeah, that sounds like a really stupid idea for naming your group. That's what a guppy is? <laughs> she had no idea. <laughs> it's really messing with her now. Dr. Rudolph Van Richten. Oh boy. Is up. Do any of you require any healing? I honestly probably will in a minute. Van Richten is going to turn his attention to Tess, shuffle up towards you, place his hand on your shoulder, and says, Well, for now, if you don't need the healing, then here, take this little reassurance that you're doing a fantastic job out here. A truly fantastic job. Oh, stop it. He's going to give you some guidance Ooh. and then run back 10 feet. To get out of the front lines, Lenara Theradane. Oh wow! Y'all move, Lenara. How big an area is this? The street. We're surrounded by textile warehouses. I'd call it. I mean, I'd say there's probably about forty feet. In between buildings. Oh, that sounds, sounds about reasonable. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you have to have like the large draft horse drawn carts. Exactly. Going back, back, going and, back forth. and forth. It's it's OSHA things. All right. Before, you know what? This is one of those check it off the list so character can die happy. 
let's see if these monks have some invasion. And it's fireball time. Oh, yeah. First one of the campaign. Oh. Probably we'll need that third level slot later, but for now. You're hitting the magical guppies, right? Yes. <laughs> You're only hitting the magical guppies, right? All four magical guppies. Ah! <laughs> I was going to say Slash is by himself in an alleyway. You're only hitting the magical guppies, <laughs> right? Ugh, Tesser buildings, Tesser buildings. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I will keep I mean, Tess ben... out of it and leave uh, magical guppy number one out of it. Okay, I but was I'll... just going to say Van Richten has plenty of healing. He's offering it all the time. Yeah, I'm not going to do that to you. Oh, thank you, I not, guess. Not until it's necessary. But I still want to roll some dice. And use a fireball, so... Absolutely. So positioning it so that number guppy number one and guppy number two are going to eat some fireball. Is That's, that right? Uh, two and three. Two and three. Dead center of the road. Let's do this thing. All right. Kaboom time. Ooh. It's a... Uh, that's a, that's I can see those dice. That, those are some good Half numbers. Those are sixes, two whoa. fives, and a two and a one. Well, heck. Whoa, whoa. That's 37 fire damage. That's not too shabby. And now I do deck saves to see if they take the full thing or half. Correct. Guppy number two. 12 on the deck save. Fail. Oh, baby. The poofy yellow pants go up in flames. Standing in the street in her underwear with her singed legs. Not going to have to shave her legs for a while, though. That's that's (laughs) a bonus. Yeah. That's a bonus. Guppy number three, 13. Oh. Also a fail. Oh, my goodness. I was going to say, if it wasn't a fail, she still has Bane, so. Oh, then it would have definitely. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't roll for the Bane, but, yep. That would have been a big old fail. Chances. Regardless, Guppy number three. Chances are she won't have to shave her legs for the rest of her life. She won't. <laughs> She has no legs. <laughs> she has nothing. She's just a pile of ash. And the other two get a little bit of a panicky look in their faces. Our whole thing was having three people. <laughs> it's like our shtick, triple threat kind of thing. <laughs> Sons of... You've been TLC'd. You're down to two now. Oof. Oh. Oof. Uh, wow. The, the fireball. The old fireball. I really wish Tess would have gotten burned, but what are you going to do? Keep on dreaming. That's what I'm going to do. Keep (laughs) on dreaming. Yeah, next time. Anything else from Lenara? Are you done after you do... How many was that? That's like 74 points of damage. 74 between the two. Uh, I'm going to go hide in the alley with Slash. See you guys. (laughs) And end my turn. Magical guppies. That's who's going next. There's only two of them left. <laughs> but they're both going to look at Tess. And they're like, we have an opening. You kind of fit the uh, description. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, let's kill her. Let's kill her. <laughs> they are going to surround you. Both of them. They kind of flank you. There's one on your left, one on your right. And they are going to start... Punching and a pile of ash to my front. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh no, they've got to be surrounded. They've quickly forgotten their third and are just focused on murdering you now. Taking down this murderous monk in front of them. Here comes a lot of fists towards Tess. All right. 
I'll get my calculator. That's going to be a 21 to hit Tess. Oof. Surprisingly, yes. That's going to do eight points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, okay. Tess, give me a con save. Oh, shut oh. your stupid mouth. Against a stunning strike. We do the stunning here, you bitch. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> redundant right now. You're so seen. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, this ain't the scene. This is a goddamn arms race. Constitution save, you said? Yes, please. Sure you didn't say dex? Mm-mm. Thirteen. Thirteen. You resist hey. the blow. I was, was, was going to say, he also has guidance, so... Oh, that's no. for skills. Oh, that's for skills, yeah, yeah. But there's more. There's more fists coming. We're a random encounter. We don't have to save our resources for later. That's it. <laughs> 16 to hit test. That is a miss. Parry that shit. A third strike from the same one. Stop that. Mm, 19 to hit test. That is not a miss. That one is going to do four points of bludgeoning damage and give me a constitution. Oh, man. Saving throw. Shut your gosh darn stupid mouth there, Justin. Freaking magical guppies. Stealing my shit. Oh, uh, 17. Still good. Yay! Still good. Still not stunned. But now the other guppy is going to do three strikes as well. Test like blood, like bloodied lip, just like turns around, it's like, come on, is that all you got? 14 to hit Tess. <laughs> Another 14 to hit Tess. Come on, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Lustra, give me your glasses. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> all kidding aside, just rolled 14 three times in a row. Wow. Woo! That Jesus. sucks. Tess is going to like adjust her dress, like do the little. Um, she goes to flip her hair and forgets that she has, like, a crew cut. <laughs> <laughs> They're just punching and kicking you. There's, like, a little bully circle forming around you. Lustra, it's on you, though. They've got Tess cornered. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to actually not use my bow. What? I'm going <gasps> to use my newly bought rapier. I'm going to get my rapier out with my shield. What the hell is happening? What? <laughs> yep. And I'm going to go run up and conga line this <laughs> and uh, get to the left of uh, the magical guppy to the left of Tess. And I'm going to go and take a stab at him. Magical guppy number one. Uh, but before I go and do that, all the force energy gathers at the tip of the rapier, and I can put force damage into any weapon I want. So, here we go for a stab with the rapier. Can you do sharpshooter with it? No, I can't. Sad face. Uh, That's 14 to hit. Miss. (gasps) Well, I'm gonna try again, (laughs) because I've got multi-attack. Ducks under your rapier. I'm still getting used to this, hold on. That's 21 to hit. Oh, that'll do it. Oh, hell yeah. First one was a feint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go go and stab, feint, miss, and then I go in for another stab, and it does eight damage, eight force damage. Eight points damage to guppy number one. Noise. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) And I will stand my ground right there, shield in one hand, rapier in another. That is everybody in the turn order. Round one complete. 
round two coming at you next week, suckers. They have to live for a whole week, Justin? Just (laughs) hang on to your rage for a week, Colin. Oh, I am going to be grinding. My teeth are not going to exist anymore. Just wait till they attack attack you with a bone saw next week. Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to pull out my double bone saws. (laughs) 